Hi there, welcome back to the business side of fitness. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, we'll highlight fitness industry experts to learn about their personal journey and unique perspective. Through these conversations, we'll learn all about what it really takes to succeed in fitness. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Severiano LLC, specializing in fitness and wellness business development for impactful brands. The time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story, and now it's time to hear from this week's guest. Let's welcome to the show, Barry and Shay Kosabi. They are a husband and wife team behind Fitness Career Mastery. They teach various modalities, mentor future generations of instructors and fitpreneurs, and help build boutique fitness studio businesses around the world. Oh, no big deal. They're passionate about helping studios and fit pros create unforgettable, immersive workout experiences for their clients. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. That was pretty good. Who wrote that? <laughs> I'm so excited you guys are here today because obviously, one, working with your spouse is like one dynamic, but then you have this really interesting background. So let's just provide some context for the audience. If you guys could just share your background on how you got involved in the fitness industry, let's get started that way. I entered the fitness scene in, gosh, that would have been like 2008 in New York City. I was, I had moved there from California to go to conservatory. I had plans of being an actress, performer, dancer. And I ended up joining a, after a series of events and putting on some weight and being unhappy, I joined a test group, like a beach body test group and 90 days straight of training on like a strict diet with a celebrity trainer at this high end gym with the opportunity to be in a commercial. I was like, this is my dream. <laughs> and <laughs> I ended up, it, it completely it changed my body, but it also completely changed my life and like my the view of myself and my self-worth and just so many facets of my life, self-confidence, and I ended up getting cast in the actual DVD for the program. And they flew me back out to LA. And after I came back and I was like, I have to pay this forward. I was the only non-fitness professional cast in the thing. And I was like, okay, I'm in like a really lucky spot. I've changed my life. I now have an audience like boom, like that. And I was like, I just, I feel so passionate about this. I want to pay it forward. And I just so happened to enter the scene during the boutique fitness boom. So I was born like at the same time as like Soul Cycle and Flywheel and as Barry's was expanding, I was like on that block in New York City where that was happening. I ended up working at Flywheel and I quickly rose through the ranks and I started as a recruiter and then I became a master trainer. And then I was like managing like East Coast manager of talent or whatever my long title was. <laughs> and that's Barry, when Barry tells his history, this is where our stories converge. I was flown. They asked me to go to Dubai to train this guy to teach bar at the Flywheel location. And they asked me like on a Tuesday and they're like, can you go, can you be there on Friday? And I was like, uh, I have to check a few things. And so I went out there and met Barry, trained him and came back and had gotten some other really incredible opportunities like training with the military and then like launching a fitness product and building programs for other people. And I was like, I really want to do this on my own. And I have obviously I grew up dancing and acting and creating and teaching. And I was like, wow, I just really, and now I love fitness. And I just felt like everything was coming together. So 
I relocated back to Los Angeles and I started my own company called The Local Skill, which was, I did my consulting through, but I also hosted all kinds of like creative events, merging art and wellness. That was like the mission of our brand. And so I met a lot of people, I traveled, I expanded that. And during this time, I went to Taiwan to help train a team for a new studio And at the end of that, they were like, we're going to be expanding into China. Can we bring you back? And I was like, yeah. And so when they called again, they were like, okay, can you move here? And I've never even been to China. I'm not moving to China. And uh, I said, I can come. I have my own business. I can't just move there. And they're like, okay, how long can you stay for? How long did I stay for? Maybe two months? Two or three months? Two, three months, I think. Yeah, three months. And they're like, do you know anybody else who's like you who could like do what you do that would stay for longer. So he came with me, we brought our significant others, we packed everything up, we moved into a house together and helped launch this company. And you stayed for what, three and a half years? Yeah. And over the course of all this life changes and I ended up taking a full-time position in Shanghai when they first went to Beijing then Shanghai, Barry transferred to Shanghai. We hadn't seen each other for a long time our eyes met and we're like, we're in love with each other. That's crazy. <laughs> We've known each other for what, six years? Six or seven years, yeah. And then Barry will tell you, he started a pod, he'll talk about the podcast. Yeah. I think you can see it, like how we arrived here. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll bring the, yeah. the two ends together nicely. I'll keep mine brief, but I, I grew up in LA, even though I've been living all over the world over the last decade. And I was really passionate about baseball. I wanted to play baseball professionally. And I was really serious about my training. So I went to some really professional coaches and one thing that they introduced to us as a mandatory part of our baseball training was yoga. (laughs) Maybe it's because we're in LA, but (laughs) adopted a yoga practice from the age of 12. And I noticed how it was helping me with my game, but then very quickly I noticed the mental benefits and I was hooked after that. And I continued to play baseball through college. I continued to do yoga on my own because I loved it so much. And I started doing yoga in the hallway of our dorm rooms because there wasn't enough room. And other people were like, oh, what are you doing, yoga? Can I, can I join in? And I'm like, yeah, sure, come on. And soon like, the whole hallway was filled. People couldn't get through to find another space on campus. And they were thrilled that I wanted to teach yoga classes there, but they're like, you gotta get certified first. Okay, so I just jumped into teaching yoga that way because it just fell in my lap. Graduating college, I didn't pursue baseball. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my psych degree, like a lot of students. So I said, I'll just teach yoga until I figure out what I want to do with my life. And I guess I still haven't figured it out because I'm still teaching yoga. (laughs) No, uh, it's what I've been meant to do. But I, I started teaching at some other studios and I finally found one that I really resonated with. And they're like, to teach here, you've got to do our teacher training. Okay. And when I went to do their teacher training, I was exposed to not just yoga asana, but yoga philosophy. And that resonated with me so much at a deep level that I decided that I had to go to the source. So I asked the teacher like, hey, where did you learn all this stuff? I want to learn more. It's India. (laughs) So I was about 21 years old at this time. And about two months after that yoga teacher training, I packed up all my bags, sold all my stuff, and I moved to India. That was my first time living abroad. I studied there at an ashram for about three months, which was an incredible experience before meeting some other people that were at the ashram. I got an opportunity to move to Dubai. 
So I, I took that opportunity and that's where my fitness career really exploded. I, I taught yoga there. I taught beach boot camps. I started teaching indoor cycling more seriously. And that's when I heard about Flywheel expanding internationally to Dubai. And uh, I took on a management role there and was training the uh, cycling instructors. And they're like, hey, you teach yoga. Do you want to teach bar? <laughs> so I guess I could try that out. That's where we met. That's where our story overlaps. That's where our friendship we began. Mm -hmm. We stayed in touch with each over, stayed in touch with each other over the, the course of years before we both moved back to Los Angeles about the same time in then, 2014. And then over and then to China. China. And while you were there, Barry started our podcast, Fitness Career Mastery, of which I was a guest on and the audience really enjoyed my episodes. And he was like, hey, do you, do you want to be a co-host? And I was like, actually, this is such an incredible like lead generator for me. I have a whole business with, I, I don't, I've been dreaming of starting a podcast. I'm working by word of mouth and doing very well, but this is opening up so many doors. You yeah, have a podcast. Came on, got yeah, client New Zealand and Paris and whatever. I was like, I have a business and then you have the vehicle to like get this out. I have so much education content that I've written. I'd love to put it online. There's no business behind your podcast. We should join forces and Fitness Career Mastery was born. And, and we fell in love. So that's it. So yeah. we have the podcast, we have online courses, we do uh, group coaching, we do consulting and teacher training. I'd say we're most passionate about the experience behind fitness. Yeah. Because it, as well, we, we know, it, it, it's so much more than fitness. To be well, fit. and so much more than getting a certification. You go get your certification and they teach you what to do, but nobody tells you how. Nobody tells, how, tells right. you how to run yourself like a business. Nobody tells you how to reach new clients. Nobody even tells you really how to put a playlist together that creates a flow state for your clients. Really, it's the, we teach everything that <laughs> the current sort of machine of the fitness industry doesn't. Right. We've been talking for a really long time. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, wow, there's yeah, so much. Right. I typed little notes because I was like, wait, I want to like circle back on a couple things. First of all, I love that you guys met at work. I met my husband at work too, except oh. for it didn't last that long because we were friends for a year. Once I decided in my mind, oh, why don't I just date Russ? And I pursued him. And then I was put in charge of that department. And that was the end of that. He's I'm not going to have my girlfriend be my boss. And so he left, I stayed on, but it's funny how that happens. And especially in the fitness business, it's there's, we work so many hours and you spend so much time with the people that you work with that sometimes things take a turn. <laughs> so I love hearing the story. And then the fact that your love story is international, you are all over the place. You've worked with different consumers, you worked with different clients and in different modalities. It's really interesting. And I think you made such a great point about certs. I think certs, honestly, in my opinion, are really ripe for disruption because they're like these antiquated systems that are like a building block perhaps in, in somebody's education, but there's so many things that are missing. Yeah, I, I have a ton and the majority of them really what it boils down to is, can we make sure you're not going to kill anybody? <laughs> I mean, 
can we just give you the resources to like not seriously harm anyone? There's no, all of the magic behind group fitness in particular, you know, that like the, the stuff that like really changes people's lives. It's not really the squats or the, the jumping jacks yeah. or the push up. It's so much more than that. And that is like nowhere in, in current education system. And I also, it's a lot of it is self-study. You go take a test. You only have to pass like 51. You have to get like a 51%. Like, so I, I think there's not even really like enough quality control. And we're in so many Facebook groups. We get, there's so many questions about how do I do this and how do I do that? There's so many pieces to it. And we just really saw the podcast was a passion project that also was born out of necessity working in China where fitness is so new. Boutique fitness is so new. It's only at the time that we started was a few years old and they see what's happening in the States and, and they want to replicate that and they want to be where we are now and not realizing that we have this whole history 30 plus years and uh, lots of mistakes and (laughs) learning along the way and and we are just training in new instructors there very talented people very passionate and giving them just these little it's like hey you got to do this and they're like minds are exploding wow this is really basic stuff we take for granted people need this information (laughs) yeah crossfade your music it's not that hard we can help you and i think that there is a lot of similarity between being an actress and a performer and being an instructor because really you are performing as well you're also motivating you're inspiring you're cueing so there's so many different things that go into it but i think that a lot of that the app the actual physical application of the knowledge is what, you know, is the missing link. And now things are even more complicated for instructors because a lot of them, you don't learn business skills in a cert. And a lot of instructors are going out on their own now trying to be entrepreneurs without having that business acumen. And it's a learning curve. Even for me personally, I've worked in the fitness industry for almost 20 years. I've always worked for a brand. I stepped out on my own and started my own consulting business, overseeing sales and marketing strategies. And I had to learn things that I never knew about. Like, how do I send an invoice? I knew how to invoice before through a company with an accounting department, but then you're all of a sudden you're a business. And so instead of being an employee, you are a a sole proprietor. And that's something that there isn't that much information out there that's geared specifically towards a fitness instructor because fitness instructors are amazing at one thing, right? It's teaching a class, commanding a room. And it's like, how do you get great at all these other things? And that's where you guys really come in and even creating that experience. How do you create such an amazing experience that people want to come back for more and more? So how do you, like, what's the first step that you would advise if an instructor is listening to this or a studio owner and they're like, yes, I know I need to create more of an experience, how can they do that? And what's the difference between creating an experience online in a digital offering and in studio? Fantastic question. I think when it comes down to creating a a really powerful experience, it means first being very in touch with who you are Mm. and understanding what your, your strengths are and who it is that you're, you're trying to serve mm-hmm. and the impact that you want to have on them. I think what we've noticed is a lot of studio owners and a lot of fitness professionals look to just, I, I guess it's like a little bit of hype mm-hmm. and they're putting their focus on kind of the, the wrong things like flashier elements. 
And when it comes down to creating a really powerful experience, it means having an emotional connection with the, the person that's right. on the other side of the room as you. Yeah, just like or on the other side of the yeah, camera. Just like you said, many the the skills that you learn to be a performer are directly related to what to like what a fitness instructor needs to do for their class. You're essentially on stage and you're performing, like you said, you're performing, you're motivating, you're entertaining, as well as teaching and instructing. It's even harder sometimes. And you're yourself. You don't get to hide behind a character. It's you up there. And and the instructor really, how they show up is the thing that's going to bring people back. And that's one of the key things, like that emotional connection. I think what you just said is it. And that's... I was just, it comes through a combination of things. It's not yeah, an easy question to answer. Yeah. What it is not is it's not your color scheme. It's not your logo. Right. It's not the amenities in the studio. It's, it's not, not how the, hard your workout is or how like new and flashy it is. It's not the equipment that you have right. in the studio. It's not even necessarily how you dress or the how expensive your outfit is. The, in new, having the newest technology, although a lot of those right. things help contribute to the experience. Ultimately, at, it's the, at the end of the day, is it's who you are, it's your message, it's your point of view, it's your philosophy and your belief system behind why you're teaching what you're teaching. It's knowing, it's knowing your clients and like what their needs are and why they've come. Clearly, let's relate it back to acting. Like clearly, if somebody goes to see a comedy, they're there to laugh. If you don't know your audience <laughs> and like how to serve them, they're going to be really disappointed. So like knowing your people and like why they work out and why they come to you so that you can use that information to echo back to them. And then you can amplify the pieces of your personality right. that's speak to that need that they yeah, have to, to motivate them to right. because we do at, at the end of the day they want results as well and there's so many different ways that you can that you can get fit <laughs> there's so many different ways there is no one way and it's really about it really is about that connection and the like which builds trust and accountability and all of those other things that help them actually achieve their goals. To bring that into more concrete terms, yeah. if I may, it's become very apparent, this disconnect, when we've seen trainers come online over the yes. last year through COVID, where they're entering the internet as and treating it as their studio. I said this saying, on a webinar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you guys are walking onto the internet as if the internet is a studio. The inter You have to think of the internet as a landscape and you have to build a house there. You have to carve out a space for yourself. And in order for that to be successful, you, there's a couple of elements that you need. You can't just say, hey, I'm teaching Zumba on Tuesday. It, you're just gonna get lost in the noise. When you are teaching at a brick and mortar location in a community and you and all of the normal like marketing strategies that we use to get people into that community, it's like you're serving essentially like a radius of people. And so you can be, for the lack of better, like slightly more generic, I guess you can say, come to my studio, we teach Zumba, we're here at Monday, Wednesday, whatever. You can't do that. But there might not the, be another Zumba studio within that a certain, certain mile radius, radius so whereas on, if you go online, it's Zumba's, I'm sorry to be using Zumba. I'm, I have nothing against that. It's just oh, the no, first yeah. thing that came to my head. <laughs> but you go online and it's like Zumba, Zumba. So like, how do you stand out? And so this is where right. that, who am I? What's my message? What's my 
Barry likes to say, uh, unique mechanism, right? What are my superpowers? What's my unique point of view? And who's the client that I'm serving? Saying yeah. like, I teach Zumba on Tuesdays versus I teach cardio dance, even being less specific with the name, like I teach cardio dance fitness for... For aging adults that are looking to stay mobile because their body ages. It's hard to, <laughs> hard to freestyle <laughs> something like that. But you, you can see where we're going with this. It, it doesn't matter how many certifications or one of you our have clients, or what. One of our clients, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I use dance-based fitness to combat stress and anxiety. And I believe I can do this through blah, blah, blah. That's her audience. It's people yeah. that suffer from stress, anxiety, some like body dysmorphia, right? right? So these people feel comfortable in her class versus and marketing run. And Zumba is simply the vehicle to achieve that goal. But whether it's in studio or online, that's really what we're doing. People may come to the studio thinking it's for the class, but they'll quickly recognize that it, the reason they stay is so much deeper than that. It's because of the transformation that they're going through and this pain point that, or obstacle that they've never been able to overcome that they're finally yeah. uh, overcoming and they're falling in love with the new person that they're becoming. So that's really what we're selling that transformation, we're not selling the class. And that is really the first piece to understand when creating a really powerful experience, I think. Right, and I love this angle because I think so many people like have seen these cele quote unquote celebrity instructors and they're like, oh, I wanna be famous and, and get paid $900 for a group fitness class without realizing like, first of all, that's a rarity. Yes, a couple of brands have done that a couple, but that's not, if that's your motivation for getting in this, you're in the wrong business. And I think that we all need to remember, it's like even marketing that I use for brands. Like you have to remember that there's more that unites us than divides us. Find that commonality. What is it that you have in common with the person that is, that you're trying to reach or the person that's in your class? Were you in their shoes? Is that something that you've experienced? You saw your mother struggle, may, go through these struggles. What is that? And just be relatable and be approachable and story sell. So craft that story, put your unique value proposition out there. Talk about what your mission is in fitness, why you do what you do and make people fall in love with you. And that's what it's about. And then you get that opportunity to get these people to buy into you every time they experience your class, every time they come back for more, they tell a friend. It's, I, I don't know. I think like instructors need to think of themselves as this is a little bit of like sales and marketing too. Like you are telling a story, you're getting people to buy in. And I think that one of the things that really breaks my heart is just with the onset of COVID and the pandemic. First of all, I already think that instructors and fitness professionals were like the unsung heroes, like working so hard, especially like in urban cities, you're teaching one class at one place, you're jumping on the subway, you're going to teach a class somewhere else. And you're running around the city, like all day and night, just trying to make ends meet. And you're just like giving your passion, your all your energy, and you're not getting healthcare, you're not learning any business skills. It's what's the exit strategy? What is your end game? And I think that when I saw so many people displaced 
during the pandemic and they were just let me go online and collect like donations and stuff. It's just like that broke my heart. So I love that you guys are out there really teaching people like business skills, the foundation of how to set themselves up for success. And there's all this talk out there about democratizing fitness for the end user, right? So we're trying to make it cheaper with digital fitness. So it's $9 a month and whatnot. But what about democratizing fitness for the fitness professional? Like how can the fitness professional get ahead? How can they be set up for success? So for these people, that were in that predicament that kind of found themselves displaced. How are you helping them navigate these unchartered territories? Fantastic question. First of all, we understand the pain point that these fitness professionals are experiencing. They've been working at studios for the longest time and all they've had to do is show up and teach a class and haven't had to worry about how those students and members arrive in that room. That's the studio's responsibility to do the sales and the marketing and the outreach. I think it's several things. Number one, we're teaching them how to do those things themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, how to build that house on that landscape Mm -hmm. that, like Shay said, build that house for themselves and build a brand and and an identity around that. Mm -hmm. And I think the other piece is has a lot to do with empowerment and treating themselves as a professional. Because if we want to democratize the fitness professional, it's really in our hands first to step up and establish ourselves as professionals. I think there's still an uphill battle that we have to fight against to be taken seriously Mm -hmm. from the consumers. Do you have something to add to that? Yeah, a lot of what we do. So we have, you know, a, a small group coaching program. It's eight weeks. It'll take you, it's like soup to nuts, like everything that you need to know to launch your online business, but, and everything from identifying your ICA, your ideal client to defining your mission statement, to working on your product, like what, what it is you're going to serve to your clients to like the technical stuff, how to set up your sound and your lights and your camera and everything, because nobody went to school for that. Nobody expected that they would be running a production in their living room. But thank goodness, both of us, I have a lot of experience in that. And so does Barry, but really a lot of it is mindset. I just saw the other, I just saw this post the other day that broke my heart. This, uh, somebody was asking about music licensing, which is another thing that we teach the ins and outs. It's very confusing and it's still difficult for a lot of people to wrap their head around, which I totally get. I've done extensive <laughs> research on this. Now I'm like such a, I'm like a music licensing nerd. Call me if you have problems. And that's self-taught over this last year. And not everybody has the capacity to do that. So I'm happy to pay that forward. It was asking about music licensing and I have to, you have to pay for royalty free music. You have to pay for something somewhere and said, I, this was the key. It costs me $600 annually for my insurance, for the music that I purchase, and for, I don't know, one other thing, but I don't want to spend any more money. And so I've only been doing uh, Facebook lives for donations. And I just went, why? These two things don't go together. You are investing in your business and you're spending money, but then you're not asking people to pay for you to help you run your business. These two things just don't connect in most people's 
minds. So really what we're doing is teaching people like you're not just talent anymore. If you want to do this on your own, you have to operate as a business. You have expenses. You're going to have to spend money on your business. You can't do it for free unless you want to teach for free and you can teach in the park with no music or no anything and then fine. But if you have expenses, then you need to like reverse engineer everything and at least make sure that you're making enough money to cover all your bases. And then you want to make a profit. How much money do you need to make to stay alive? So and then the more money you make, the more people you can help. And then you can reinvest in your business and that's how you grow. And so this is a concept that most people just really have never thought of. It's nobody's fault. They've never had to. And so it's really teaching them those skills, but a lot of it is the mindset behind that. Do you think, I think there's like a scarcity mindset in the fitness industry overall, not just for instructors, for personal trainers, for management, for front of house, like for everybody, the amount of hard work and dedication and just like love and care that I've seen through fitness professionals day in and day out and the compensation, it just doesn't match up. 90% of the time. Yes, there are some, and then people love to throw this out, which I can't stand. This makes my, uh, my skin crawl when they're like, you didn't get into fitness for the money. I'm like, why can't you have a passion based career that you believe in that you love while earning a fair wage? You can have it all. Do not sacrifice. If you're listening to this, please do not sacrifice like there. You can have that. You just have to go about it the right way. And you have to be willing to invest in yourself, invest in your business and try new things. And if you're a fitness business owner, the same, I've heard people that own studios say, I didn't get into this for the money. And that's not like a badge of honor. No, then you have no business running a business then you should be doing charity work for an organization. That's what you should be doing. You're a business owner. It's your responsibility to make money so that you can pay your staff and continue to serve your people. If you can't, everybody's for this. You can't help people if like your cup is empty. And so that makes me ask, should everybody be a fitness entrepreneur or should some people stay working in a studio or in a gym? I think right now there's so many people that have this mentality of, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my own business. I want to go out on their own. I don't know that everybody should. There's certain fundamentals that in my opinion, you need to learn in real life before just starting an online business. You need to cut your teeth on like understanding your audience and getting that real time feedback. There's no mercy when you're on a spin bike in front of 40 people. You can tell if they are vibing with you or if they're just kind of like, whatever. And I feel like you kind of need to learn that skill set before you can now take it online and start competing with big businesses. Uh, What's your take on that? I think you almost answered it. There's a lot of, you can be incredibly talented. You can be the most gifted instructor, sold out classes with wait lists. People love you and still not be an entrepreneur. It it is a it's a lot of mindset and you have to have it's, a certain skill set. It's a lot of hard work and you have to be ready for that journey of the ups and downs mm-hmm. and a, a lot of downs. The it's a lot of failures, which I for us we've recently been saying it's not a failure, it's a data point. It's how you look at things. It's every single move. It's like a chess game. It's that didn't work. Okay, we're going over here. That doesn't work. Okay, write that down. And you have to, you 
you just it's you find your way it requires it's a a tremendous amount of self-discipline a lot of creativity seeing everything as an opportunity to learn understanding or I guess I would say not taking things personally if something if somebody doesn't like what you're doing we've had people walk out of our program pour your heart and soul and they're like this is and you're like what we have this incredible track record of successful people and it hurts but you're like we're not for everybody we can't please everybody and then you have to get up and move on a lot of people face those they they face those setbacks and they're like I give up hands off this Mm -hmm. hurts too much it's too hard and uh, you really have to have the fortitude to be like okay that was a lesson and move on. And it's never ending. We hear this all the time. I just want to build an online program so I can make money while I sleep. So, okay. Me too. Um, sometimes the money does come in while you're sleeping. I think that's where the statement comes from because people are purchasing online. You wake up in the morning and you see a couple hundred dollars or thousand dollars in your bank account. You're like, woohoo, made money while I slept. But I had a 16, I had seven days of 16 hour days <laughs> in order for that money to come in overnight. Yeah. You still have to get up and go to work every day. You're not sitting on a beach, like yeah. drinking. You were margarita. actually sleeping because you fell asleep at your desk. Working. Yes. <laughs> right. But I think that's where social media comes in and it portrays this like false image of what it's really like. Here I am drinking a margarita and watching my money just roll in. I can't stand that. And I know that you too also work with boutique studios and owners and managers. So right now I think there's a huge opportunity in the fitness industry to retain those superstars. And how are you advising these studio owners and managers to retain the staff with this kind of carrot that's dangled out for some of these superstars to go out on their own and monetize themselves with their audiences directly and cut out the middleman, cut out the studio. And like we talked about, not everybody is cut out for that. Not everybody is geared for that. Some people just love to teach a great class and be on their merry way. And yes, they're planning and preparing for it, but it's like we just said, running a business is a totally different thing. So how do you advise studio owners and managers to to retain that staff? I think that's a huge opportunity right now. Let me first say that while we're teaching fitness entrepreneurs and studio owners how to create a fitness business online, Shane, I both believe that the in-person experience can never be replaced. Never. And will never go away. I'm just dying to get back into a studio. (laughs) Yeah. All of the members, all the clients are dying to get back into the studio and instructors are as well. There's nothing that can replace being in front of a group of people and feeling that exchange of energy. Fitness instructors, whether they have an online business or not, will probably still be interested in teaching in person. So what that means for the studio owner is really working hard to create a culture where the instructor wants to be there. I think time and time again, Shane, I see studios treating instructors as almost a a commodity. It's we're we're hiring you to do this job and you can't go work at that place because you're working here and I'm going to do everything I can to restrict you and and keep you here because I need to make uh, my rent. Especially <laughs> if I've invested in you. So if I've provided any type of education, then it's, it, they start to tighten the reins and, and we've been, and we're speaking from both sides. I've been on, you know, the studio side where you're educating the team and you're doing everything for the studio. I've also been the talent that's been brought into the back office. It's, you can't do that. And I, but we don't teach that here. You can't do that. It's on the other side of town. doesn't matter okay, maybe I don't belong here. It's just not the way to operate. I think 
creating what value can you provide? Your instructors provide so much value to the studio and to the members. How can you provide value? It's not always money. And just like you said, a lot of fitness instructors, I didn't get into this for the money. How can you make sure that they feel supported, that they feel like they're on a career path? How can you support your, as a studio owner, you are in a unique position to help somebody along their career. And we say this all the time. Do you want to be known as the, like if somebody were to walk away from your studio, would you rather have them say, look back and say, I was so fulfilled at that studio. I outgrew my position. And I felt like I wanted to start my own business because I was inspired by my boss and my team there. And now I want to, I feel like I have what it takes to do this, to fulfill my dream. You can't be a fitness, like not every, we can't teach 25 classes a week until we die. It's just not sustainable. (laughs) So we want to give people these opportunities to grow and move into other positions. Perhaps they can do that within your organization. Perhaps they move on. Or would you rather be the person where somebody walked away and said, I just didn't, there was no room for me and I just never felt supported. And now I just don't know what to do. Much worse than that. (laughs) Or Or worse. Providing some education, just really making everybody Everybody that works in an organization essentially wants to feel like they provide value, like they have a place and that they can grow. Yeah, it's growth and it's value. And then compensation, of course, some people are driven by money. Most instructors actually aren't. So even if they've started an online business where they are maybe making $900 a class, as Barry said, this we still want to be in front of people. We need that human connection. We love, sorry. So just creating that environment where they like really look forward to being there. Absolutely. I think it's going to be really important and not restricting them. There's no reason to fear your instructor working somewhere else or having their own business unless it is like in direct competition to what you're doing. I, I could see how really the only place that you could be like, no, this isn't going to work is if they're teaching your proprietary programming. If they're teaching the exact same class that they would teach in studio. I could see where you could say, I pref- you, you really can't do that because that's yeah conflicting with Obviously. our culture. But it, there's enough room for everybody. Yeah, And we should, all ships rise with the tide. We really should... As we said, if we want to help elevate and support the fitness instructor, that's the whole industry has to rise up together. It's super paradoxical, but the more we treat our business as a stepping stone for them to move on to the next great thing that they want to do in their career and in their life, the more likely it is that they're going to want to stay there because they feel so valued and they feel heard and seen and supported. I, I hope that's a good takeaway for those listening. Absolutely. I think that you made such a good point. It's about feeling supported and being a part of something. That's why we want to work somewhere and be around other people because it's you're tied into this common goal. And when you get you you have to get staff buy-in and member buy-in on this common goal and people want to feel good going to work doesn't have to be a drag they shouldn't like dread going somewhere and i've worked for people unfortunately that have felt like everybody's competition that they're trying to put a stranglehold on the staff and instead of it actually creates the opposite 
effect from what they desire. They think, oh, if I put these restrictions there, it's going to benefit my business. And all it does is it becomes a detriment. And then I've also seen people, when other people move on, instead of being happy for them for moving on, they're angry and bitter towards them. And they think it's a personal attack. I've always felt like when I've leading sales teams, grooming people was a part of my job. That was when they went on to do bigger and better. I was always happy for them because like they're a person. Yes, it's business, but it's also life. And let's enjoy what we're doing. Let's help each other out in business and in life. And when you just have this outlook of the scarcity mindset, that's what's going to end up happening to your business. And I think especially now more than ever, people need to heed to your advice because especially studio owners need to think about maybe there's, it's a little bit more challenging for these instructors to make the money that they were making before due to capacity issues, if they're getting paid per person and whatnot. So how do you retain those people? You have to have an awesome community, make them feel good about coming to work, make them feel valued. Hey, we couldn't do this without you. Like the members are so excited to see you again. Thank you for being here. We know that you don't have to, like we value you. We appreciate you. Those things cost $0 to say, but it makes somebody feel good. It makes them perk up. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, oh, awesome. More of that, please. <laughs> so Vanessa, Vanessa <laughs> um, our baby just woke up. I'm going to go. Barry's going to go. Okay. We went over because we were just like chit-chatting and I got carried away. But thank you so much. If somebody wants to connect with you and find out more about fitness career mastery, how can they do that? Okay. So I would say the best place you can find us is in our Facebook group. Actually, we do free live trainings every Thursday. We're available to answer questions. You'd be in a community of your peers. And that is at fitnesscareermastery.com forward slash community. And uh, you just answer three little questions and we'll let you into the group. You can find us on Instagram at Fitness Career Mastery. To be honest, we aren't as present there because that's just not where our people hang out. And this is one of the things like you learn when you work with us is go where your people are. And of course, the website, Fitness Career Mastery, everything is Fitness Career Mastery. On the podcast, Fitness Career Mastery, three separate words is the podcast on Spotify, Google, and iTunes. Also in Spotify, if you're an instructor, we have a playlist library, Fitness Career Mastery, all one word. And we have libraries of music divided by BPM and genre, whatever, which has been a great resource for people. Pretty much just type it in and you can find us anywhere. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Mm -hmm.